0: We're uh, gonna start with the introduction, but I want you to open your Bibles to Colossians, and by the time we get there, you'll be already ready. The title of the message today is "Helping Others Fulfill God's Purposes." Helping others. Fulfill God's purposes. Now, this series is not about how to win friends and influence people. It's not about that. It's actually the main purpose of this series, which we're starting today, this is part one, is to help you help others fulfill God's purposes for their life. And as a result, you will fulfill for fulfill God's purpose for your life. So it's really about helping somebody else. Now let's talk about a little definition. When we talk about helping, we're talking about aiding. We're talking about assisting, which you already know. We're talking about causing someone to advance towards their objective. That's helping. We help people all the time. To fulfill is to bring to pass, to manifest completely. And so we want to help others fulfill now, God will use you uh, maybe in just a, just a small stage in someone's life and move them from maybe A to B. He might uh, use you to help, help, help move that person from uh, C to D. He will ha- he, he's helping me even now all the time with people in my life, and all that's going to be for the glory of God. And so we are called to look to, to those opportunities to help somebody to move towards what God has for them. Now, when we're talking about a purpose, we're talking about that which is set before a person. And all of us have purposes, but we want to talk about God's purpose. God's purpose is different from just a purpose. When I was coaching, my purpose was be to be one of the, the greatest coaches in Virginia. Then I got saved, and I changed to be one of the greatest Christian coaches, you know, in Virginia. Then when I lost my coaching job, I said, oh, God, help me. I don't have a purpose, you know. What am I going to do? And I didn't know he had a purpose in my life that was different. I would have never thought that he would use me to be Helping others spiritually, and I call it coaching spiritually. I never knew that. I always wanted to help people, and I always help people, but not spiritually because I couldn't help myself. And so God will use you in someone's life. He used, um, uh, like Miss Miss uh, Miss Dorsey, who had uh, there. She is over there. She. Um, I can't talk about you now because you just came in. You know, <laughs> but he he used Miss Dorsey when she was keeping. Our girls, because my wife and I told, used her to just invite me to this church. And when they invited me, they said, uh, yeah, so where do you go to church? She said, well, Robert's Piano Company. A Robert's Piano Company? What kind of church meet in a Robert's Piano Company? And so um, I said, okay, because my wife had already told me I need to go to church. And I said, okay, I'll go to church, you know. And I went, and um, it was strange. Very strange. Uh, nothing like I'd ever seen. And some of you know what I'm talking about. I've never seen people raise their hands before. Never seen people, you know, uh, uh, stand that long, you know, uh, to, to, to sing. And then everybody had to sing. And so I said, my goodness gracious, this is weird, you know. Uh, so the next Sunday, I said, I like the word, but what we'll do, let's come back, whenever. let's come back for just the word and forget all this singing stuff and so that's how we uh, started off until she got upset with me she said look i can't come in late all like this you either come on time or we don't go and so i said okay i'll go but i'm not gonna raise my hands you know and so uh that's how i started in my christian walk uh, well not my christian walk that's how i started my walk uh, because i wasn't saved and so uh through the teaching of the word i found out that i was not saved i gave my life to jesus christ and then he used uh, uh, Elder Dorsey, uh, who was, of course, uh, my first mentor, and he used him to start teaching me uh, what to do and answer my many questions I had. Why do people do this? Why did this happen? You know, why does he say that? And he, he pointed me to what ba- basically uh, God said. Thank you, young man. You will not lose your gift in heaven. Thank you. So, you know. God uses people in our lives. Do not look down on or just slough aside those people who God may put across your path. It doesn't matter about their ethnic background. It doesn't matter about what country they are from. It doesn't matter uh, what their economic status is. Don't look down on that because You don't know what God is doing in people's lives and using you to bring about his purposes in that person's life. They might be the next bill of ground. They might be, you know, the next president. You don't know who you're working with because we're not uh, uh, what we should be when we first start on our Christian journey. We're not what we should be. But by the grace of God, he gets us there. Now, I'm going to share something with you later on. That are, are, you know hit hit at home the point. Now, once you find out God's purposes for someone, you want to help them to get focused, focused on that, and not turn from it to the left or to the right. Now, this series can help any of you. It can help me, and it has already started helping me, because it doesn't matter whether you're a parent whether you're single, it doesn't matter, matter whether you're male or female, it doesn't matter, matter whether you're a student, whether you're a teacher, employer, employee. This series will help you because it's talking about helping others fulfill God's purposes. And God has a purpose for us to even, you know, to, to us to work. So if you just help somebody to find their uh, place of, of employment where they are really suited for, you're helping To fulfill God's purposes for their lives. If you can help somebody become a better parent. you can help someone be a better student. You're helping somebody to do that. Let's start at the foundation. That's who we want to start at. Because the foundation. Of helping somebody. uh, Starts. Not at. Just you. Seeing somebody. And start talking to them about Jesus Christ. Necessarily. First of all. You're going to have to prepare the soil. You know when. 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 when, when we start talking to the contractor about uh, uh, building a church, what he, he said is that we're going to have to, uh, when can we get on the property and start tearing down houses and start clearing the land? Well, see, you can't lay a foundation without clearing the land. You can't lay a foundation on hilly land. You got to move some dirt. That's what he's been talking to, about, to me about. He said the more dirt you have to move, the more it's going to cost you. Whoa. so you know i said okay what does that have to do with the foundation why can't we just go in and uh, you know lay the foundation we can be in this thing in about a month or two he said no it doesn't work like that you know it doesn't work like that so they 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 clear the land and then they prepare to lay the foundation let's talk about preparing the land of our heart first of all when you're working with somebody to help them fulfill god's purpose first of all make sure that you let them know it's not about them. I need to know that it's not about me because my whole life in growing up, it was about me. All athletes that, that I played through high school and college, it was about me. And if I was not uh, pleased, and I was not happy because I thought it was about me. And you, I don't think are any different. I think you think it's about you. It's not about you. It's not about your own personal fulfillment. It's not about your own peace of mind. It's not really about your happiness. It's not about your mate. It's not about your teacher. It's not about your children. It's not about your parents. It's not about you. And see, when we start Not preparing the ground for the foundation. And we think it's, well, you know, it's about my children. It's about my mate. It's about my job. No, it's not about that. It's about God. Everything starts with God. And if it's not about God then you're not going to prepare the ground for the foundation. Because even though you say that you serve God, you really don't serve God, you still have a selfish purpose. You're serving yourself what you think that you should be doing because it pleases you. It's not about you. It's not about me. It's about God. Now, we're in Colossians chapter 1, verse 1. This is a letter, epistle epistle that was written. And it says that Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God and Timothy, our brother, to the saints and faithful brethren in Christ, who are at Colossae, grace to you and peace from God, our father. Now, we see that the letter is written to the church. And we want to start there with laying our foundation. And it says here. That we give thanks to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, praying always for you since we heard of your faith in Jesus Christ. We want to lead people to faith in Jesus Christ. If it's not about Jesus Christ, then we don't have a foundation to lay. No other foundation can be laid other than what is laid, and that's Jesus Christ. It's Jesus Death, burial, resurrection, his crucifixion, that we have life and life eternally. Because we all have sin. When we are born into this world, we are born into sin. The only way we can get back to God is that we have a bridge across and that bridge is Jesus Christ. He was the perpetuation for our sins. That means he's the total satisfaction for our sins. And if you don't think that you're a sinner, then you don't need a savior. You can say, I want, I want Jesus Christ to come in my life. But if you don't think you are a sinner, then you can't accept the sacrifice for your sins, which is Jesus Christ. I had to realize that I was a sinner, even though I thought I was good, even though I thought I was better than some of the other coaches in my lifestyle. But I found out you can't measure yourself by yourselves. That's unwise. You got to measure yourself by that which is perfect. And that's the word of God. That's Jesus Christ. And when you measure yourself with Jesus Christ, we all fall short of the glory of God. And so I said, well, I am a sinner. I need a savior. Save me, Lord. That's That's the point we have to come to. Let's go a little further. Because of the hope laid up for you in heaven. We have to have the hope that what Jesus said is true, that we will be with him. It's by faith that we have that hope. It says that, which you previously heard in the word of truth, the gospel, the gospel. The gospel is the good news. It's the word of truth. And if it's not in the word, then I always tell people, then don't believe it. Don't believe me if it's not the word. The word of God is a standard by which we live. The word of God is what we shoot for. He says, just as you have learned, Epiphorus, epip- epip- our dear brother, our beloved brother, bond servant, who is faithful and servant in the Lord Jesus Christ, and also informed us of your love in Christ, For this reason also, since the day we heard of it, we have not ceased to pray for you and to ask that you may be filled with all the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. Why was he praying that they be filled with all the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding? If I don't have the knowledge of his wisdom spiritual wisdom and understanding then i'm not going to walk where i should walk look at verse 10 so that you may walk in a manner worthy of the lord to please him in all respects bearing fruit in every good work increasing in the knowledge of god in order for me to walk worthy of the calling which he's called me i need some spiritual knowledge i need spiritual understanding And we need to be praying for the people who God puts across our path that we be filled, that they be filled with the knowledge of his spiritual wisdom and understanding. We'll land a foundation now. That's what we land, a foundation that can help someone achieve what God has uh, said in his word for that person. Everybody has been called from the foundation of the world to do something. What is it? What is it? I want to know. Let's look at verse 12. Giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to share in the inheritance of the saints. Oh, we have an inheritance. We have an inheritance of the saints in light. For he rescued us from the domain, the King James said, the power of darkness and translated into the kingdom of his dear Son. That's King James. He delivered us from the power of darkness or the domain of darkness as the new american standard says when we were lost when we had not yet given our lives to jesus christ we were in the power of satan the power of darkness the domain of darkness and if you are sitting here today and you haven't yet given your life to jesus christ i say that today is the day for you because Whether you believe it or not, you're in darkness. I didn't believe that I was in darkness when I was unsaved, but I found out later I was in darkness. I was in the power of darkness. I could not do what I wanted to do, even though I thought I was doing what I wanted to do. I was doing what the enemy in the world system wanted me to do. And when I gave my life to Jesus Christ, it all changed. If we're talking about a foundation that can help someone Achieve the purposes which God has for him to do. The foundation. This is the foundation. We already decided it's not about me. It's about God. But now let's lay this foundation. It's in Jesus Christ. Uh, I love the scripture that, that tells me that, that once I, uh, I give my life to Jesus Christ, that now I identify, identify with his crucifixion because I was in him. So because he was like a lamb slain before the foundation of the world. So that means that I was crucified with Christ and you were cru- crucified with Christ. If you have your life to Jesus Christ, nevertheless, you live, even though you were crucified with him because you're in him, you live, but yet not you, but Christ lives in you and the life you live in the flesh, you let now live, you know, because he loves you and he gave himself up for you. You know, God, wants us to know that we are new creations. All things have passed away, those old things. Behold, all things are new. In our spirit man. And so when we lay a foundation of Jesus Christ, it's all about God. It's nothing about us. We are now become servants. Like, uh, uh, you know, a lot of the, the 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 epistles there say, you know, like Paul a servant or do loss of God. Or do loss is like a slave. A bond servant, they say sometimes a bond servant of God. You see, he's a bond servant. We are slaves. We are bought with a price. And it's not by silver or gold or any of those precious things, but it's by the blood of Jesus Christ. And I said, God, that's the foundation I want. I want to talk about Jesus Christ. I want to talk about God. I want to talk about the Holy Spirit because that's the foundation which anything that's built is going to stand because it's standing on on the rock. It cannot be moved. See, if we build on anything else, it may look pretty. It may smell good. You might build it high. You might build it wide. But when the winds of adversity come, what happens is that our foundation won't hold because it's built not on the foundation of Jesus Christ. And then everything topples over. And we wonder why. It's because we didn't get it right to start with. So when we're working with people, that's the goal. That's where we're going. That's where we're going and when I, when I first meet somebody i don't I don't talk to them about this at first. what I do, I want to get to know them. I want to develop a relationship with them so when you are um, are in the workplace when you are, are in the grocery stores or wherever you are you have relatives, when you start uh, 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 talking to somebody and God put somebody in your life you know don't just Already start talking about, hey, you know, you're going to go to hell if you don't get saved. You know, you know, you don't want to tell them that because, you know, they're not ready for that. You want them to develop a trust in you. You want them to develop a, a desire to be like you. So part of the, 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 the job we have to do as Christians is to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord. So that others can see the word of God walked out in your life before even they hear about Jesus Christ. In some places you have to do that. You know, like uh, Elder John, he's going to be teaching at Heritage. He's not going to be able to teach about Jesus Christ at Heritage, but Jesus is in him. So wherever he goes, Jesus is there. So he should be a sweet fragrance of. Jesus Christ, wherever he goes. When somebody bumps into him, they should smell the fragrance of Jesus Christ. When they, you know, do something that, that uh, he doesn't like, and people do things that you don't like on your job situation, then they should hear the fragrance of Jesus Christ. They should not hear flesh. They should not see flesh. You see? That's when we're talking about working with somebody. Helping them to be all that Jesus said. Oh, I tell you, I love the Word of God. And I want to take it a little bit further, and I'm going to introduce to you this story that was told. And it's a story that's that's very, it was very touching, and I hope I can get through it. But in our type of church, our church is, is not a type where everybody looks the same. You know, we look kind of different, don't we? And God puts people across our path sometimes that they don't act like we act. You know, because they, they haven't been born again yet. And even if they have, there's degrees of sanctification. So you don't automatically just start walking perfectly, completely, when you first get born. There are degrees of moving further and further from glory to glory in the sanctification that he has for us. And sometimes you can even wonder whether a person is really saved. A person can really not smell good when you first meet them. They might not even be wearing clothes that you think they should be wearing he may send you and introduce you to somebody who has a lifestyle that the word says "Ooh, that lifestyle is ungodly and i want to tell you that we have to be like jesus because all of us go through things and we don't know what that person has gone through when you meet them how many Pharisees do you know ministered to Mary Magdalene in the scripture? How many Pharisees cast out the demons that was in her? But well, Jesus did. And once they were gone, he had a follower for life. Or the demonic act that was, you know, that was uh, there in the tombs when the legion was a demon was cast out of him. He has somebody to go witness for him. We have to be willing to do the works of God. You know, the tax collectors, whether Matthew, whoever they may be, uh, hated by the Jews. But yet Jesus chose them as a disciple. Yeah. We have to be willing to see what Jesus sees in person, in a person. This is for teachers particular, but for all of us, and specifically for parents. This is a story. Jean Thompson stood in front of her fifth grade class on the very first day of school in the fall and told the children a lie. You said, ooh, a teacher telling a lie? Well, here's what she said. Like most teachers, she looked at her pupils and said that she loved them all the same, that she would treat them all alike. And that was impossible because there in front of her, slumped in his seat on the third row, a little boy named Ted stoddard. Ms. Thompson had watched Teddy the year before, and noticed that he didn't play well with the other children. His clothes were unkept, and that he constantly needed a bath. And Teddy was unpleasant. It got to the point during the first few months that she actually took delight in marking his papers with a broad red pen, making bold X's, and then marking the elf at the top of the paper, biggest of all, because Teddy was a sullen little boy, no one else cared about him either. At the school where Mrs. Thompson taught, she was required to review each child's records, and she put Teddy's off to the last. When she opened his file, she was in for a surprise. His first grade teacher wrote. Teddy is a bright, inquisitive child. And he has a ready laugh. He does his work neatly and has good manners. He is a joy to be around. That's first grade. He's in the fifth grade now. His second grade teacher wrote, Teddy is an excellent student, well liked by his classmates, but he is troubled because his mother has a terminal illness And life at home must be a struggle. Third grade, his teacher wrote, Teddy continues to work hard, but his mother's death has been hard on him. He tries to do his best, but his father doesn't show much interest. And his home life will soon affect him if some steps aren't taken. That's third grade. Teddy's fourth grade teacher wrote, Teddy is withdrawn. He doesn't show much interest in school. He doesn't have many friends and sometimes sleeps in class. He is tardy and could become a problem. By now, Mrs. Thompson realized the problem. But Christmas was coming fast. It was all she could do with the school year and the play at all, the school play on. all. Until the day before the holidays began, she was suddenly forced to focus on Teddy Started. Her children brought her presents all in beautiful ribbon, bright paper, except for Teddy, which was clumsily wrapped in heavy brown paper of a scissors grocery bag. Ms. Thompson took pains to open it in the middle of the other presents. Some of the students started to laugh when she, when she found a rhinestone bracelet with some of the stones missing and a bottle that was one quarter full of cologne. She hushed the students' laughter and she exclaimed, how pretty. The bracelet was putting it on and dabbing some of the perfume behind the other wrist. Teddy started, stayed behind just long enough to say, Mrs. Thompson, today you smell just like my mama used to do. After the children left, she cried for at least an hour. On that very day, she quit teaching reading writing, and speaking. Instead, she began to teach children. Jean Thompson paid particular attention to one they call Teddy. She worked with him, and as she worked with him, his mind seemed to come alive. The more she encouraged him, the faster he responded. On days where there would be important tests. Mrs. Thompson would remember that cologne and put it on. By the end of the year, he had become one of the smartest children in her class. And well, he had also become the pet of the teacher who had once vowed to love all her children exactly the same. A year, le- a year later, she found a note under her door from Teddy telling her that of all the teachers he's had in elementary school, because now he's in the sixth grade, about to go to middle school, he was, she was his favorite. Six years went by before she got another note from Teddy. He then wrote that he had finished high school, third in his class, and she was still his favorite teacher of all time. Four years after that, she got another letter saying that while things had been tough at times, He stayed in school, had stuck it out, and would graduate from college with the highest of honors. He assured Mrs. Thompson she was still his favorite teacher. Then four years passed, and yet another letter came. This time he explained that after he got his bachelor's degree, he decided to go a little further. The letter explained that she was still his favorite teacher, but now his name was a little longer. The letter was signed. Theodore F. Stoddard, M.D. The story doesn't end there. You see, there was yet another letter that spring. Teddy said he'd met his girl, this special girl, and was to be married. He explained that his father had died a couple of years ago, and he was wondering, well, if, Ms. Thompson, you would agree to sit in the pew usually reserved for the mother of the groom. And guess what? She wore that bracelet, the one with several rhinestones missing. And I bet on that special day, Ms. Thompson smelled just like well the way Teddy remembered his mother smelling on a Christmas day. The moral of the this story is you can never tell what type of impact you'll make on another's life by your actions, or your lack of action. And as we start this series, and I just laid the foundation today, you want to look at people the way God sees them. And you want to treat them the way God has treated us. Because when we were yet sinners, He died for our sins. Let's pray. Father, we thank You for the love you've shown to us, Lord. We thank you for the salvation of our souls, Lord. We thank you, Father, that you sent Jesus Christ to die for the sins of the world, Lord. And whosoever will call upon his name shall be saved. If there's anyone today that, while the hairs are bowed, that you haven't yet given your life to Jesus Christ, And you would like to do that today. Raise your hand. I would like to and put it back down. I would like to pray for you. I would like to pray for you today. Today is a day of salvation. And today, if you have given your life to Jesus Christ, but you know you're not really living the life worthy of the calling which you've been called, today is a day rededication. If anyone would like to rededicate your life to Jesus Christ, you say, you know, I, I, I wanted just to rededicate my life to Christ because I gave my life to Christ before, but I know I'm not living like I should. Would you pray for me? Pastor? Would you pray for me? Would you raise your hand and put it back down? I'd like to pray for you. If there's anybody in there. I, I see the hand. Thank you. Anybody else? Anybody else? And last, while they prayer team is coming up. I would like for those who really want to respond to the message and that I know I don't see people sometimes the way Jesus sees them. Sometimes I get frustrated. Sometimes I get irritated. Sometimes I get discouraged when I work with people. And God, he has to rebuke me and say, I didn't get tired of you. I didn't get discouraged with your lack of response when I was calling you. I don't want you to do that with people that I've died for. You need more long-suffering.